Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Chapel Hill. So last week, we were looking at kind of a, you know, it's New Year's Eve. So we're looking at, look at what God has done. So we're looking at, look at what God has done. And then I was talking about, look at what God's doing. I mean, look out that window there. Look at the different things in your life. Look at what God's doing now, right? This morning, I want to take it to the next step. Look at what God can do. Look at not only what God can do, but look at what God will do in 2024. I, uh, you know, I was talking about last week how this word actually developed a year ago in a conversation with Danielle and Donovan right around New Year's of last year where we were sitting there and Danielle was talking about a love for the diversity in our church and what the Lord has given us. And Sarah had been given a word from the Lord for 2023 and that word was multiply. And so the Lord spoke to me. He said, Matthew, diversity plus multiply equals diversify. So I believe for 2024, the word that the Lord is speaking over this house, and if you're sitting here and you're a part of this church, that's for you. I'm not saying it's the only word. I'm just saying it's a word from heaven for you, is the Lord declares over you this year, diversify. Look up a definition of what that means. Ask the Lord, God, how does this apply? Because here's what happens with the prophetic. You get the word, that's a beginning. Then there's the interpretation of the word. That interpretation can be different for different people. And then there's the application of the word. The Bible says that we shouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we should be doers. How many, though, have ever gotten a word, but you didn't know what to do with it? That's where we need the Ephesians 1 spirit of wisdom and revelation To know that when God gives us a word, then we need to know how to be a doer of the word. We need to know what to do with that word. Are you guys with me? And um, so what I want to share with you this morning, turn to Romans 4. We're going to be in Romans 4 and 5 this morning. Turn there, click there, whatever your, your situation may be. I'm in the NLT. If you're on your digital Bible, um, go to the NLT version and it'll be a little bit more succinct are synced up, and uh, I really want you to pay attention to these, this chapter of Romans 4 and then the beginning of, of chapter 5 as the Lord begins to unpack for you what does diversify look like and mean for me. So in this message and in this passage, what I want to look at is then, okay, Lord, you've given me a word. Now, what do I do with it? How do I walk that out? And I'm going to give you initials. Everybody say this with me. FHP. FHP. Faith, hope, and peace. Can you remember that? Pretty easy to remember. They're pretty core values in the kingdom. Faith, hope, and peace. And I feel like the Lord was sharing with me. He's like, Matthew, this is how you're going to walk into the diversify in the kingdom this year. Is number one, You're going to activate your faith and increase. God's going to increase our faith this year. Is anybody happy about that? 
Is anybody a little bit scared about it? <laughs> yeah. Is anybody a little bit in between? Like, oh, Lord, I've had you increase my faith like Abraham and Sarah before, but it wasn't always fun. Listen, he said, don't worry, there's going to be great joy. There's going to be re- great rejoicing because you're going to step in like in the, in the bush of South Africa where Ben is right now. Trust me, there's great rejoicing. You're going to step in like in the village of Uganda where we've been. You're going to step in to church planning in Wilmington. You're going to step in to go into Georgia and do missions. You're going to step into these places and there's going to be great rejoicing because it's not your faith, it's his faith. I call it the Galatians 2.20 faith. If you read that in the King James, it says it's not the faith in Christ. A lot of translations say that. It's the faith of. Everybody say of. It's the faith of Christ. What's the difference? Well, it's one thing for me to have faith in Christ. I've got that. But it's a different thing for me to have the faith of Christ. How many know those are two big differences? I can believe in him and have faith in him, absolutely. But I want to have his faith. I want to have the faith that says, you see that water right there? If Jesus invites me to walk on it, I can walk on it. You know that Chick-fil-A combo you got right there? Well, God wants to feed 1,000 people with that or 10,000 people with that. Whatever it is, I want the faith of Christ to come across a dead person and say, in the name of Jesus, I command your spirit to come back into your body right now. Arise up. I'm not going to raise them up, but the spirit of Christ in me can do all things. You realize that nothing is impossible in Christ. This is the type of faith that he wants to stir up. Let's read the text. Romans 4. You guys with me? Romans 4.1. Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. I don't know what it is about January. But every maybe it's because I start over in Genesis. I don't know. But every we're reading this one year Bible with the Bible Project on U version. Man, y'all is so good. It's called what's the name of that thing? I want to tell everybody. I'll post it on our Facebook page. By the way, we have River Life Family on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, River Life Family. It's a closed group. I'm posting a daily word on our 21-day fast right now on that page. So I have to approve you. Just friend me. Send me a message some way. You can just ask to join that group but um, where you can get information about uh, like what the Lord's doing and stuff. But I'll also put that on there. In this, this one, one story that leads to Jesus. That's the name of it. Don't you love that? Because I'm telling you, sometimes when I'm reading the Old Testament, I need to like, okay, how does this point to Jesus? <laughs> this is tragic. The story of humanity is tragic. Like, how is this pointing to Jesus? But, you know, if you're familiar with the Bible Project, they have all these videos. And for us, it's helpful to see visuals because the visuals have these, these illustrations that help you to really understand. Like, this morning's was on Abraham and the test with his son Isaac to give his only son. And the, the video is about testing. But back to my text, Romans 4. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. 
But that was not God's way. Did y'all hear that? If he did good stuff and it made him righteous or in right standing with the Father, then he would have something to brag about. Look at what I've done. I'm a very holy man. But the Holy Spirit says through the Apostle Paul, that was not God's way. What? Well, what is God's way? For the scriptures tell us Abraham just believed God. And God counted it, counted him as righteous because of his faith. Before he even did anything, he was credited as being righteous because of his faith. Now, this week in our devotion that I was just telling you about, I came across that scripture and it just struck me. Flip over, click over to uh, Genesis chapter 15 real quick. I'm doing the same thing. I'm clicking with you. Don't you love our modern way of doing things? Some people don't, but we bless you in Jesus' name. Genesis 15. I do hear some pages rustling. All right, awesome. Genesis 15, verse 5. Then, then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Now, you remember, he had no son at this point, right? And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now, that really struck me because I thought, everything begins and ends with the word of the Lord. When God speaks to you something, that's a starting point. And all you need to do with that is simply believe it. You've heard the slogan, believe it, that settles it. God said it, believe it, that settles it. Well, in a sense, it's a starting point that Abraham just simply believed the Lord. So, for example, you have an opportunity today, right now. Diversify. God's saying diversify. You can take it or leave it. God's not going to force it on you. You don't have to. It's not like he's going to not love you if you don't believe that that word's for you and your family. But yet, on the contrary, if you want to accept it and receive it, it becomes like a seed. Everybody say seed. Everybody knows about seeds. Who gardens in here? You plant a seed, and what are you expecting, Grace, since you raised your hand? What are you expecting from that seed? A plant. If it's a flower, you're expecting beauty. If it's a tomato seed, you're expecting a harvest of food. This is what the word of the Lord is, and this is where faith comes from. Faith comes how? By hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. Go back to Romans 4. Verse 4. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. I'm thankful for that. I don't know about you. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sins are put out of sight. 
Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. I get a lot of joy in this, and you know why? Because I've been really disobedient. Not always knowingly, not always on purpose. But I've received a lot of words from the Lord that I did basically nothing with. In other words, he gave me seed. (laughs) But you see, most of the time, not always, but usually that seed, if we don't cultivate it, cooperate with God in our heart by simply believing, then that seed just goes dormant. Has anybody ever planted seeds that didn't sprout? They didn't grow. Who's ever seeded that yard and you were really disappointed? Like, dad, come it. I spent a lot of money on that grass seed. And my yard looks terrible. Or whatever it is. This is how it works here. And it all began positively with Abraham. Yet, did Abraham ever disbelieve the word? Oh, yeah. Multiple times. In fact, it was so endemic to his tribe that when God came to his wife to say, you're going to have a baby in your old age, what did she do? She laughed. That's ridiculous. How could an old woman like me, past childbearing years, give birth to a son in my old age? So I got a lot of joy because King David declared a long time ago that there should be joy for those who have been disobedient. I want you to leave the past behind this morning. I want you to encourage you to let go of that What seemed like failure, because there's actually no failure in the kingdom. What seemed like, man, I missed opportunity. I want you to let that go today because God's grace is sufficient. His mercy is abundant. And there is great joy, like David wrote, for those whose record is cleared. Who wants a cleared record this morning? Raise your hand. In fact, why don't you just stand up if you want a cleared record? Just stand up. Don't be shy. I just declare right now, like a, like, a, like a judge in a courtroom, I declare of all these standing, their records cleared right now. By the blood of Jesus and the authority of Christ over their life. The past is gone. You're free. You can be seated. Come on. I'm feeling the, whew, I'm getting happy up in here. I, Now, verse 7, no, verse 9, sorry. Is this blessing only for the Jews? No, it's for all us uncircumcised Gentiles. Well, we, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? Or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, and this is really interesting. Because the the sign of his covenant that God was making with him when he got the word was that he would be circumcised, right? And all those who came after him. But clearly God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Look at verse 11. Circumcision was just a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. Another reason I love to read Abraham at all times of the year is because God's promise to him is fulfilled through me. 
God's promise to Abraham is fulfilled through you. Tap your neighbor and say, it's through you too. Nobody of faith in Christ is left out. And what was the promise? As many stars are in the sky and as much sand is on the, on the beach, that's how many your descendants will be. And they will be blessed. You see, when God blesses you, as he's done in 2023 and he's going to do in 2024, it's actually a fulfillment of not just a promise to you, Sydney, but to your father, Abraham. Your great, 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 great. We don't have enough greats to go back to Abraham. It's a promise. And in fact, if I don't receive the seed, if I don't receive the blessing, I'm actually hindering the promise of Abraham throughout the generations. Now, I mean, God's going to fulfill his promise no matter what. If it's not to you, he'll find somebody else that wants to politely raise their hand and say, I'll sign up for that. But I know everybody in this room is sold. We want the blessings of Abraham. And so I love to read Abraham because I go and research all the blessings that he got. Like, well, what does that mean? Like, what did, what is, what did he get? Besides just being declared righteous spiritually, I mean, this guy... Now, listen, I'm not saying this as in like a bless me club. And everybody knows, or if you've been in the church for any period of time at all, you know about the, the, the false gospel of the prosperity gospel, right? That's basically a big bless me club, and I'm in it for my red Corvette or whatever it is, you know, and they just, or my private jet, you know. I'm not talking about that. But I do know that God wants to bless his people so that they can be a blessing to the world around them. Because if your seed doesn't grow and multiply, how much seed do you have to give away to others? And Abraham, verse 12, is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had. The same kind of faith. So I want to study, what kind of faith did Abraham have? Again, not perfect faith. Because he doubted, do y'all remember Hagar and Ishmael? I mean, he had wavering faith. But in the New Testament, it doesn't record it like that. It said, in faith he believed. You can find it in Hebrews 11. Another thing is, Abraham, I haven't looked up the, the exact numbers on this, but he is the most or one of the most mentioned characters in the Old Testament that's in the New Testament. Like the New Testament talks about Abraham probably more than any other character. Verse 13, clearly clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. Everybody say free gift. So we all know that when we became born again, we got saved, or whatever you want to call it. We came to faith in Christ. A lot of times, it was, it was given to us as a free gift every time, right? It's like you don't have to do anything. But then we come into the church, into our Christian life with God, and now it's like we got to do all this stuff. 
But the Bible is clearly saying here, no, that's actually not how it works. Everything in the kingdom is a free gift. Well, then what do I do? Believe. Believe that you've received it, and then your actions follow that. Then you begin to walk in these things. Are you following me? If you carefully measure the history of your Christian life, you'll find that what the Bible says that I'm telling you is exactly true. Everything that's ever been fruitful in your Christian life, you you did little to nothing to get it, number one, and you only cooperated with God in cultivating it. And that's where fruitfulness comes from because that seed grows through this faith like Abraham. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all. In the Greek, you know what all means? It means all. All who believe. It means everyone. It means entirely. That is why the scriptures mean, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened. Now listen, this is my favorite, one of my favorite ones in all of Romans, at least. This happens because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life. And who creates new things out of nothing. In the story we read in our Bible plan, he's going to go up there. He puts his 13-year-old son on the altar, raises a knife because God told him to. Why did Abraham do that? Because he knew that even if God's plan is for me to kill my son, which just sounds unfathomable, God is able to raise him back to life. It's a gospel story. When you're reading that in Genesis, you see, oh, Abraham didn't have to sacrifice his only son because John 3, 16, for God so loved the whole world, remember, all, all the world, that he gave his only son, that all who would, did you just say believe? It's a free gift. All who would just believe it, you would receive what? Eternal life. So you just believe and you receive the whole world. You gain everything. This is the the gospel in Romans. So Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Believe God and let your faith grow right now. I believe right now. You might not feel it, you might not know it, but I just, if you want to, put your hand on your spiritual belly and just declare, faith, grow. Faith, grow. I receive the Galatians 2.20, faith of Christ, right now. Amen. Right now, this week, this year, this month, now just begin to walk in that. The next time some circumstance challenges you, tests you, think about Abraham and Sarah. Think about all the patriarchs. Let the faith of Christ grow deeply in you, and guess what's going to happen? Joy. Who likes joy? Joy, unspeakable joy. It's just going to bubble up.
because this is a song we sang, a lyric. The greatest days are still ahead. Oh, he's just getting started. The greatest days are still ahead because he is just getting started. As my spiritual grandfather, Arthur Burt, I mentioned this last week. He, he has these one-liners. Some of you weren't here. here. Here's what it is. God does much with little, most with least, and everything with nothing. <laughs> God do- Oh, yeah, thank you, Channing, for doing that. God does much. Take a picture of that if you need to put it on your, your photo screen. You know, like your phone becomes the new mirror. Whoever put Post-it notes or, like, you know, cards on your mirror? You could post that on your screen, on your phone, or wherever you need it. God does much with little, most with least, and everything with nothing. If you have nothing here this morning, you're in a good place. Might not feel like a good place. I get it. Chuck, you ever been there? It's not a good place to be in life, to feel like I don't have anything. But it is a good place in the kingdom because God does everything with nothing. Think about it. Even the universe around us, the Bible says that it came out of nothing. With nothing, he created everything. This is who our God is. This is your dad. He's not just a faraway dictator God up there. He's your father. The one who created everything out of nothing is here in 2024 to say, come along, son. Come along, daughter. We got, we got some good stuff this year. It's a year for faith, number one, to take God at his word. If you're taking notes, write that down. Remember, what's the, the initials? F-H-P. What's F stand for? Faith. It's a year for faith to take God at his word. Number two, it's a year for hope. Romans 4.18 through 25. Let's read that, and I'm going to land this plane here real soon. Even when there was no reason for hope, those who know the story of Abraham, were there years where there was no reason for hope in the natural? Yeah, I mean, what's worse than, like, getting past menopause if you're a woman and, you know, you're an old man, but you're supposed to have a baby? (laughs) There... There's no reason for hope. Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said it to him. And so that's how many descendants you will have, is what God said. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years old, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Does anybody in the room blame him? (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. This is a human being. Verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Now, wait just a second. (laughs) Is the Bible lying? No. So when God has spoken to you a word, and you had an Ishmael, so to speak, figuratively, Technically, in God's economy, that does not equal wavering if you still believe. 
You're a human being. You made some mistakes. You had a bad day. You had a bad week. You had a bad month. Just don't let your bad day, week, and month turn into a bad year. Don't let your bad year turn into a bad decade. You get the point. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. You see, this is an ever-increasing faith that I don't have time to go into. The Bible teaches through the Apostle Paul that, that there's a faith that always increases in us if we believe. That's the only contingency. It's not if you read your Bible more. Or, now, reading your Bible more will help me believe more, so that's important. It doesn't say if you'll give your tithe. I love giving my tithe because God's my best business partner. I, I love that, but if you pray more with your hands folded and your eyes closed, on your knees, in a certain position, it doesn't, this is not the point. You don't have to do anything for God to increase your faith Except, and as you believe, you know what happens? You become absolutely consumed, lovesick, in love with Jesus. Like your heart just bursts with joy. You just want to tell people around you, like, oh, oh my gosh, you just, can I tell you about Jesus? And you're just like a lovesick worshiper. During worship, I was thinking about that story where Jesus said, um, those who have been forgiven much love much. And you remember because Simon, the real religious guy, he thought he was real righteous. He was criticizing because this prostitute had come in and was pouring out this oil, this perfume over Jesus. And he's like, whoa, that's, she could have just sold this and given it to the poor. And Jesus is like, Simon, you don't get it, do you? He who has been forgiven much loves much. Has anybody been forgiven a lot? See, that's actually a key to increasing your faith because you know how much you're loved. Okay. He was fully convinced, verse 21, that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit, too. Assuring us that God will count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. (laughs) This is good news. This is the good news. Jesus is for you. It's one of my favorite songs right now. My kids tell me not to sing on the microphone. (laughs) Thank you, Deanna. It's a year for faith. Take God at his word. FHP. It's a year for hope. Let the God of hope stir you towards good works. And number three It's a year for peace of mind and heart. Who was here for our Christmas brunch service? You remember the present that was given? The present that the Lord gave us, I figuratively gave like a present that was a dove to Alicia, which represents peace. It's a peace, not just a peace of your mind, like at 4 a.m. Who needs that peace? 
but it's also a peace in your heart, which is really the, the wellspring. So all this that's going on at 4 a.m. up here in my mind, that's a fruit of something in my heart. That, that, that needs resolution, needs to be dealt with, right? So it's a year for peace of mind and heart. It could be, a, we'll just call it a John 14 year. Don't worry because I've overcome the world. Don't be afraid because my peace I leave with you. This is all in that chapter. I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows what, what, what's going to happen in the world. I'm not a prophet. I'm not, you know, going to tr- even try to, like, foretell what world events might hold with Israel or Ukraine or the United States or anywhere else for that matter. But I do know this. He has already shown his great love for you by saving you while you were still living a life of sin. (laughs) Now, because of that, if for no other reason, you can have peace. You can rejoice in a real personal relationship with your Father in heaven where you have been made a friend of God. This was the testimony of Abraham. If you did what I told you and you went and you studied Abraham, you know what you're going to find is that he was called a friend of God. Not just a servant of God. Not a slave of God. These are all these different, but a friend of God. So in conclusion, in the kingdom, guys, we live in the present in 2024 from the future not our past. Leave old things behind and press on. Everybody say press on. Press on. on. We got to press on to what God has for you in 2024 based on what? Based on what he has promised to do in your future. Hello. Based on what he's promised to do in your future. You need to view through the lens Of the future, not your past. You see, when we start seeing things through our past, it makes our perspective distorted. We make decisions based on the past. Hello. Has anybody ever done this? I have. I made decisions based upon hurt, pain, shame, fear, rejection. (laughs) Keep going down the list. And I know, is that God? Wait a second. Is that my father's plan for my life? No, I'm pressing on towards the prize, like Paul says, the prize of the calling in God. Here's the final thing I wrote down. I feel like this is from the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Step in. Step in to his ever-increasing glory right now. This is in the NIV. I like the way this words this. And we all, oh yeah, that's the NLT. Let me just read it to you in the NIV. Y'all listening? And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.